Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Powered by Riverside. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm Lucas. I got my co-host Chris here as well as our producer Uriah. And we got a lot of cool stuff to get into, some surprising Sixers news that we're going to start off the bat with, right, Chris? Yeah, so we have a new Sixer to talk about, which I, I'm not sure any of us expected at this point. Montrez Harrell, former Sick Man of the Year with the Clippers in 2020, former Houston Rocket with James Harden and P.J. Tucker, drafted by Daryl Morey once upon a time, is signing with the Sixers on a two-year million contract. The second year of that contract is a player option. That is the league minimum, guys. Harrell obviously has some talent. He averaged 13 points a game in about 23 minutes a game last season between Washington and Charlotte. Lucas, what were your initial thoughts when you heard the news? I was honestly just shocked. Like you said, it was a minimum deal. So in terms of value, you got great value on the contract. He's a Spark plug score off the bench. Do I like it for Paul Reed? No, I don't. And I'm afraid that we might see Doc Rivers' you know, tendency to rely on veterans too much because part of the reason why Doc got kicked out of L.A. was because he leaned on Harold too much in the playoffs that, that season. So there is some hesitation on my part. But in terms of value, you – couldn't get better value for a player. It's a great value deal. He does provide instant offense. He does have that gritty type of personality, that that quote-unquote dog mentality that you would like in the locker room, like with P.J. Tucker and, uh, you know, DeAnthony Melton. And apparently Fork on Corkmaz now, too. I guess we can add him to that list based off of that stuff uh, in the last uh, podcast that we talked about with his – between him and the Georginian players. Um yeah. So I guess I, I guess I was more shocked that first off we got him on good value, but I'm concerned about Doc's willingness to to use him. Yeah, so I agree. He's 100% more than worth the contract. He's kind of overqualified for the role of backing up Joel. Frankly, he's mm-hmm. one of the better backup centers in the NBA. And talent wise, money wise, you can't get much better than that. Like. We say this every year now, but he has a pretty strong chance to be the best backup that Joel has had, just fit-wise. I think he's, mm-hmm. like, with Harden here now, I think he's a better fit than Drummond was even last season. And so, side note, Harden was a big recruiter of um, Harold during this process as well, according to Woj. Yeah, I mean, Harold's the guy who's, again, played with Harden. They have experience together. He's a great fit offensively with James, who he's going to be playing with pretty much every minute that he's on the floor, assuming Doc staggers the rotation like he should. So it makes a lot of sense. I think it's a good depth signing. I agree about Paul Reed. It's kind of unfortunate. Um, one of our questions here on the agenda is how does this signing impact the rotation? And we'll, we'll just kind of blend that with the inevitable Paul Reed question. Like, 
in my from where I'm sitting, Lucas, it seems like Harold's going to be the the backup for Joel. Yeah, it, it looks like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, unless Harold, unless Harold like falls off a cliff, but he's still in his prime. What is he? Yeah, like, 28, 29. So I don't. Harold, think... Yeah, he's twenty eight years old again. Played the best basketball of his career under Doc Rivers. Mm-hmm. Doc, like you said, famously threw him out there against Nikola Jokic while the Clippers lost three straight games in the playoffs, despite mm-hmm. it being very clear that he was not working. So he has played Harold through his worst moments as well. So Doc is clearly a fan of him, um, for better or worse. Um, it's good to have depth. That's more of a Doc Rivers problem than a Harold problem. Again, great value contract. Mm-hmm. Sixers should make that move every day of the week in theory. It's like a Doc Rivers problem that we're worried about him completely ignoring. Yeah, this is this this is not a this is not a hair. Like, look, you could if Doc Rivers, you know, goes against his his instincts, he should stagger these guys based off of lineups and based off of matchups, right? That would be yeah. the smart thing to do. Play them both so that you you know if you keep Charles Bassey, which we'll talk about later, sure. Um, like, yeah, you you have your options there. I'm I'm all for it. And I I think it's a good it's it's a good problem to have, but this is like you said a Doc Rivers problem, and it should also yeah. be noted here that the only reason if if people are wondering why this happened this late in the off season is because Harrell had uh, uh, drug charges against him in Kentucky, which is a really strict uh, state in terms of marijuana, and um, he he finally got he pleaded down, so he legally he is. Almost in the clear, he still has to be on probation for a year, but after that, he's in the clear. Um, that's why this took so long to happen. But this is probably a smart move by Harold too. You take a minimum contract, just like Drummond did. You have a player option, so if it doesn't work out this year, you can come back next year. If it does work out, you can leave him in the free agency next summer, which I think we suspect will probably happen. So when I first heard the news, I thought, hey, this is more depth. And there's nothing wrong with having more competition at, at one position, particularly center. Paul Reed is is still young. He still has time to grow. Montrez Harrell is only 28 years old. And uh, he's averaged for his career 12.9 points a game. I don't think Paul Reed would take a jump like that next season. So, so yeah, I, I like the signing. I know you guys don't. Well, no, no, we don't not dislike the signing. It's just, it's not the signing itself is how Doc Rivers might play this out. Yeah. That's what we don't like. I want to, like, Harrell is a great regular season player. Mm -hmm. Like, Kyle Newbeck called him an innings eater, and that's exactly what he is. When Joel has to sit, you'd much rather start Harrell than Paul Reed. He's much Mm -hmm. better prepared for that kind of spot starting. Bassey, we don't know if he's 100% ready yet. Like, like depth-wise, you're right. Harrell's a great talent, but you straight up cannot play him in the playoffs. Like when the playoffs get here, you got to go to Paul Reed. That's just going like, to happen, and yeah. we don't know if Doc's going to do that. So that's, and here's the other, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I mean that's like the main concern. It's does Doc have the ability to pivot away from him when it's necessary? And look, Paul Reed is going into the last year of his rookie contract. If Harold's going to get all the minutes behind Joel do we really know what to give Paul Reed in free agency? Is he going to come back? You know, this would have been the time to really give him a full season test run. Like, I think you can survive in the regular season with Reed and Bassey if you needed to, and Reed's the better playoff player. So 
I would have liked to have like gotten a proper Paul Reed run, obviously knowing me, but yeah. like talent wise, again, Harrell is more than worth the contract. And if Doc does have the ability to go away from him when it's necessary, it'll be a really good signing. But Doc just has to play it smart. And just to be clear on this, there's very few teams that will make a deep postseason run that Harrell can play against. I can only think of maybe, maybe Miami because He's not a small ball center. He's just a small center. I saw this somewhere on Twitter. He has all the traditional skills of a center, but he's six seven. Like he's he's small. Like he's really small. So that that's why you can't play him in the playoffs, just because like he's going to get out rebounded and out muscled by bigger guys on the defensive end. That that that's the reason why it's kind of like a, that's why he got outplayed by Jokic in the playoffs with the Lake uh, with the Clippers. And that's why Frank Vogel wouldn't play him with the Lakers the year after. All right. So X's and O's wise, you guys make sense. I've heard, I've heard what you guys have said and it has good logic behind it. I want to bring up something that Lucas and I, we were talking about this past summer, Lucas, we talked about Montrez Hurl several times and he was the one that brought to my attention the whole legal issue that he had with the drug stop. But uh, he didn't remember this one little spat that he had with Embiid a couple of years ago. Right. I'm going pl- to play it real quick. And it's just so ironic that for a second consecutive season, Daryl Morey assigning uh, a center to back up Joel, who he had beef with in the past. I'll play it real quick. Nope. 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 I don't get I don't regret not one minute, man. Because at the end of the day, the double tail was called like how it was supposed to be called. You feel me? At the end of the day, um, but we gonna, you know, nitpick about every little rule, you know, tongue and all that, and then let it go both ways. You feel me? You got an and one. You want to yell in my face and stuff like that? Push them on my face. That was the end of it. You feel me? You won't want to step back and point. Oh, I got pushed. Like, stand, stand on your toughness, bro. If you're so tough and you're so, you know, <laughs> stand on that, my dude. <laughs> so that is Joel's new backup. And that was from uh, a playoff game a couple years ago against the Wizards in the first round. I found that hilarious um, to know that they're going to be teammates. Great he chemistry. Was on, he wasn't on the Wizards when they played in the playoffs. Yeah. Must have been a regular season game. Yeah, you know what? You're right. I think it was a regular season game. You're right. But yeah. they did but, have a beef. Yeah, they did. They yeah. absolutely did. And it's you know what? The way I see it is it's a way to challenge Joel to become a better leader, but it's also, these are the type of him, Patrick Beverly, you hate to play against them, but you love to have them on the, on your team. They're that, those type of guys. And I'm all for that. Guys, him, Montrez Harrell and PJ Tucker in the same lineup. This, it, you wanted toughness, Joel Embiid, you got it. Times two. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. No, this is, Sixes are going to be a lot more tough, but like me and Chris said, the playoffs is a different story for Trey. Yeah, I, I will say, speaking of centers who have beef with Embiid, did the Sixers really sign the best one who's still out there? Because Whiteside's still on Yeah, the- I would say Whiteside yeah. is probably more playable in the playoffs than Harold. Whiteside was really good last season behind Gobert. Yeah, like, yeah he was. Seriously good, and he's obviously a much more sturdy defender than Harold. I don't know if either one is one you really want to rely on in the playoffs. Like Reed's, I obviously have a very high opinion of Paul Reed, and I, I think there's a world where he's getting up there to be like he's a really good backup center sooner than later. Like Reed, I, I, the talent, but 
you can make a case that Whiteside would have been an even better fit just because of yeah. defense, but I'm not going to complain too much because, again, Harrell on that for that price point is a pretty big steal if Doc uses him right. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. I, I would say probably Whiteside is a little bit higher on my list in terms of what the Sixers would like because he's a lob threat too. It's not like he can't run the pick and roll. He's really good at it. He's just not laterally quick on the perimeter, and that's why yeah. he's not a starter in the NBA right now because yeah. he's basically stuck in the paint. But Harold's a better offensive yeah. player. Whiteside's a better defender. It's just what do you want, you know? Yeah. Clearly they're feeling offense, and that's fine. That's fine. But just know that you're going to have to play Paul Reed sometimes, which I guess gets in, us into our next point, like, right, Chris? Yep. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about the Sixers' depth chart. We're going to go through each position and grade the depth chart. So point guard, we got James Harden, Melton, and then Milton. Gosh, that's going to be a mouthful. What grade do we give that, guys? I suppose I'd give it an A. Harden's a really good player. Anytime you can start with James Harden, you're in a pretty good spot. I think DeAnthony Melton is an above-average backup, and I, I think Shake's a pretty rock-solid third option at this point. We know Shake was, again, like the best bench player on the team in the playoffs last season, so we know that he can play in big moments, and Melton is going to provide a whole lot of defensive spark on the perimeter and James I, I, I I'm getting more and more confident I'm feeling better and better about James as the season gets closer like I just have a good feeling about it which the Sixers never reciprocate so I'll regret having a good feeling about it in about three months probably but I feel good about what Harden's gonna bring I, I seems like he's had a good summer he has certainly marketed his summer that way he threw the cake off the boat he's in shape um <laughs> I will say, just just humble brag, the uh, new 2K ratings are out, and he's an 89, which is where Whoa. I had him. But, <laughs> um, that seems a little disrespectful. Yeah. Not to say I was right, but I was right. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, he can obviously get that back above a 90 if he returns the form. But, yeah, I, I'd give it an A. That's that's a good guard group. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say A, too. I'm going to make a prediction. James Harden will lead the league in assists this year. I believe that he has so much potent firepower around him. There's no way he cannot average double digits. It'll be neck and neck with Chris Paul. Milton and Melton, it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Training camp is going to say a lot about both players and how they're going to step up in their role. Melton, like like Chris said, is is an above average. I think you said above average uh, player, right? Or backup? Yeah, you said that. Yeah. So, and we know we know what Shea can do when the lights are bright. He's not afraid to step up. And Melton, I'm just happy that we have an athletic guard that can take it to the rack, throw it down, 
but also launch it from deep without any hesitation. Yeah, I think in A's, for all the reasons you guys said, A, James Harden could very well sneak his, if if healthy, could very well sneak his name into a, like a top five candidate for MVP, I think, if he's healthy. Melton could be a dark horse for sixth man of the year. Well, I don't know about that now with Harold, but before the trade, yeah, Harold. Yeah. For- he, he's going to play like, he's going to play more minutes than Harold because Harold's going to only go 15 minutes a night behind Joel. That's true. That's true. So, and then Milton, like you said, really good third option, be a second option on a, a handful of teams. So, yeah, I, I, I like it. I like it. Next position, shooting guard. You got Maxi starting, Isaiah Joe coming off the bench, and Jaden Springer probably in the G League again. What do we think? Um, so, I, I mean, honestly speaking here, I think Milton and Milton are both ahead of Joe for the, like, two-guard spot, quote-unquote, as well, just because yeah. – that's how the rotation's going to shake out. Um, I obviously I like Isaiah Joe a lot. I'm probably the biggest Jaden Springer fan left. If he's even on the team when the season starts, the Sixers do have Ooh. two roster Ooh. spots. I would keep him. Okay. He should be kept. Um, trade for Con, but it's up for up in the air now. Um, Maxi is not the best shooting guard in the league. He's obviously as much more room to grow and he could get to the point where he's one of the better two guards in the league maybe sooner than later so I'll just I'll give it like a B because I really like Tyrese he's an excellent fit next to James and he's probably going to be in the all-star combo sooner than later so B seems fair I think Isaiah Joe's is an NBA player whether we see him play much or not next season so I'll give it a B and I give it a B plus because I think Maxie will take another leap this year. I agree with Chris. Melton uh, is going to get a lot of those shooting guard minutes when they scatter those three players. And Springer, I'm not a believer in Springer. If if anybody could be traded for future draft picks to to make some room, I would I would drop Springer in a heartbeat. But yeah, I think Maxie is is going to have a special year. He could surprise a lot of people as maybe the the third. Well, I, I wouldn't put him above Harden, obviously, but he he's going to score a lot of points this year. I think he's going to average uh, career high this year, and I think he'll make an all-star team this year. Yeah, you guys make some really good points. I'm going to lean with Chris, though, and give it a solid B. Jaden Springer is going to be in the G League this year, whether it be for the Sixers or another team. I just don't see him getting a lot of minutes offensively. Like, he has the athleticism to finish, but we saw in the summer league, it's just the shot's awful. Like, Chris, I know you yeah. missed it, but, like, it's it's bad, man. I'm telling you. No confidence. Can, can't even really go for the outside. The mid-range jumper is inconsistent. Form's yeah. a little junky. I get it. Like, quick side note. Sixers have 17 guys under contract. They got to get rid of two of them. Uh, sorry to Trevlin Queen, but I, I think he's out. Yeah, um, the other guys with partially guaranteed deals would be Reed and Bassey and Isaiah Joe. I don't really want to get rid of any of those guys, so you're, you're going to have to dump someone through trade, I would hope, which would either be Springer or Corkmaz. I would, I, I have to assume those are the two most likely candidates, unless Bassey is on the outs now, which would be unfortunate. Sixers don't really need four centers, but I, I think Bassey is good enough to keep around, so... 
we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll right. see. Yeah, but thank you. Thank you for cutting ahead to my next question. But okay. Well, we'll, we'll still talk about that later. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, come on. It's okay. It's okay. So I'll give this group a B. I think Maxi could either be an all-star or play at an all-star level. I don't know if he'll get voted in, but he'll be playing at an all-star level. So that's that. Now that we got there, next one, small forward. Okay. <laughs> I didn't see this until now. Uriah, you can't what? have Matisse Thibel start at small four. He's not starting at small four this just, year. This wasn't really in. It's not happening. Hold on. Relax. That was not intentional. I just put it there because I actually saw another list and I decided to type it out. So I'm not saying he's starting. Just relax. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I think it's fair to call Harris and Tucker power forwards, quote unquote. Okay. Like they're both going to start together. Yeah, probably. So, okay. That being said, small forward depth, we have Matisse Thibel, Daniel House, Cork Maz, and Trevor and Queen. Yikes! Oh, gosh. Woo! Um, yeah. You know, have you ever been driving on the highway and then you, like, smell a dead skunk? That's kind of my <laughs> reaction to that. Group. What? Um, look, Daniel House is really a really solid reserve. I, I think he's going to give the Sixers a lot of good minutes. Thibault, for all his issues, is still one of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA. Uh, so it's not completely a lost cause. But again, I think Furkan and Queen are like the two best candidates to not be on the roster when the season starts. Two of the best candidates. Um, are you saying Cork? Maz's little scuffle didn't get warm your heart back up to him. Oh, it did. Look, I love Furkan forever and always. If he goes to Sacramento or whatever, I'll be cheering him on. But uh, it's not the best small forward group in the NBA. We, If we're no. being honest with ourselves, if we're going to stack it up against every other team, Sixers are going to be near the bottom if that's your group. So so what's what's your grade? Uh, solid D plus wow Daniel House wow D plus for Daniel House wow and D plus for Matisse Thibault's defense. What else are you wow. gonna give it? Those there's like I was gonna be a little bit nice starting caliber player there in Daniel House. And Daniel House is a starting level like fifth starter for I know for like half okay the team. he's like a fine starter. Thibault is an okay backup because of his defense, and then you got two guys who shouldn't be on the team anymore. I mean. If we're stacking it up against the rest of the league, most teams are going to have a better player in the mix. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So yours is a D plus. You're right. Where are you at? All right. Allow me, allow me to give some perspective. If the small forward position was a pivotal position on the floor each and every night offensively, then I'd say yeah, it's a D. But they're not expected to produce a lot of points. They don't need to shoot, but so much. So for that and that reason alone, you have to give them a C just because the eyeballs all second team defensive team uh, house is going to bring his experience, his shooting and, and his versatility. Cork miles. I'll give you, he, he stinks. Like he just needs to stay in Europe and queen does has no business on this roster. You can't give this. You can't give him a D just because of expectations in role. Their role is not that significant. He, may, he, You're he right. makes a, he makes a solid defense, argument, which is why I'm giving them a D. It's wait, Lucas, who gives a solid argument, Chris or me? <laughs> I I think Uriah probably gives the better argument. I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to split the difference here. And I'm actually going to side you with Uriah. I think it's a C. All right. Look. 
Look, I'm still not convinced Matisse awesome. can like play in the playoffs. Is Matisse okay. that much better than Furkan? We get to figure listen, that out. Listen, you know listen, I mean? listen, listen here. Listen here. I'm just gonna say this. If Joel wasn't the center and you didn't need the space for Joel, Matisse Thibault's lack of shooting would not be nearly as much of a problem as it is on this team. That being said, mm. he still has offensive woes. Chris, me and you talked about it. We think that Daniel House should be the fifth starter over P.J. Tucker. We both said that. So I'm, I'm going to give this group a C. I'm tempted to give them a C plus, but I won't be outrageous. I'll just say a C. I think Cork Maz can be a good rotation player if he's gets a fresh start somewhere else in Queen. He was the G League MVP, man, for both the regular season and finals. So I, I think he can be an NBA caliber player. Maybe not the best team to sign with, considering that we have playoff aspirate, you know, championship aspirations. So I'll give it a C. Yeah, look, the Sixers have good depth this year. I, I agree. Corkmouse could play for another team, and maybe even Queen could too. But they have 17 guys, and two have to go, and those are two guys who make a lot of sense. Hey, Lucas, yeah. Chris, Chris obviously did not see the dribbling workout video of Matisse uh-huh. Thibel. If you're you right, watch you're it, not, you're if right, you really not, break it down, you're not helping her If you really break down the fundamentals, nope. he's come a long way. Okay, he's coming yeah, long way. Right. Yeah, he was afraid to dribble in the playoffs. Gym and dribbling against NBA defensive pressure is not the same thing. He was afraid to even put the ball on the floor. So he's okay. Anyway, let's guys, let's move on to power forward. We've seen okay? Ben hit plenty of open gym threes. Oh, you had you had um, to go there. Didn't I do. You, you had to go on. there. We are not doing the open gym video thing <laughs> I, I, anymore in Philly. Only if it's James Harden hitting step backs in an open run. That's the only time we're no. doing it. No, no, no. Tyrese Maxey, too. Tyrese Maxey. Okay, yeah. yeah. Those are the only two players we're doing it for. And Joel, oh, if he's that was ever say, on yeah. video again. Yeah, yeah. But I think Joel's done being on video. He doesn't want to give away what he's doing in the offseason now, which is smart. Let's go ahead to power forward here. I, I like this group of power forwards, guys. I'm not going to lie. Tell me what you think. I mean, Harrison Tucker are probably the fourth and fifth most important players on the team. They're really strong in that position. And George Yang was the best reserve all of last season he's a really impactful regular season player for philly his three-point shooting is going to be quite useful again i'm assuming he's going to get some minutes there as the ninth or tenth guy at least so that's a pretty strong group i'll give it a like a a b plus Uh, i think that's a good group yeah i agree with chris i think a b plus is fair harris is a very important piece to this team especially when he takes on his new role and understands what he can bring to the team now that Harden has has taken the reins as the point guard. Tucker brings that toughness, experience, and that defensive grit that they're going to need. In the Yang, I have to agree with Chris, he was their most consistent shooter off the bench last year. I give them a solid B, B+. I'm actually going to give them an A-, minus, and here's my reason why. Tobias Harris is well above a starting caliber power forward. He's a borderline all-star. Most All right. Last, well, if we last... by my rankings, he's dead in the middle of starting power forward. Okay, well, that's your rankings. <laughs> We're talking about my 16. opinion now. 16 and dropping don't get mad. Hey, 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 man. Hey, man. Now. Don't get mad. <laughs> mad. Matt's going to be on the podcast soon, so don't get mad. Hey, PJ's not that far behind, though. So they yeah, but, yeah, that's my point. That's, that's my point. 
Harris is above, well above an average power forward. Is PK better than Tobias? No. no. I'm not. No. I'm kidding. No. I'm kidding. No. I'm no. kidding until I'm not. Um, <laughs> but no, Tucker. Tucker's one of the best 3 and D power forwards in the NBA. Grittiness. And then Niang is a pretty solid backup. Now, is he the best power forward backup? No, but he's – I would say he's an average power forward backup, and you have him as technically your third-string power forward. That's a pretty good deal to have, okay? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give it an A minus. So that last position here, guys, I think we're all going to say the same thing here, but center, what do we think? Yeah. Uh, like a plus because they have Joel. Um, and again, they have great depth. Harold Reed and Bassey all bring something different to the table. They all have useful skill sets on paper. They all seem like they're NBA ready to some extent or another. Harold obviously being more proven. Reed was really strong in the playoffs and Bassey, Bassie you know, has hands like reports. Feet. Yeah, only Bassie is getting yeah. reports out of practice every yeah. week. Last I, year. I will say this, Chris, in the summer league, he had hands like feet. Which, but yeah. when I say that, that means he can't catch the ball on offense worth a lick. I, 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 I get it. Again, he's a pretty clear number four here, and he's the yeah. most at risk of not being on the team past next yeah. season. I would say. Yeah. Um. But. Like, theoretically, if you use Harold and Reed, you know, depending on matchup, if you go back between them um, behind Joel, that's a really good second and third string center. Oh, yeah, of course. I, of course. I think Paul Reed is going to be really good, guys. I'm just – I'm going to keep banging the drum, right? Paul Reed is going to be an awesome NBA player for wherever he ends up after the Sixers let him go because they played Montrez Harrell. So, um, I'm A+. plus. Yep. Yeah, I give them an A. Embiid is going to oh, be in the running. No plus? Why, no plus? Why, why would I give it a plus? Like, I know. Reed is still unproven. That that's I, I, I'm, I'm wait, 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 wait. How many teams wait, wait. have a proven good third string center? Also, also, I think he proved himself in the playoffs. Too. Yeah. I would take Reed over the vast majority of third string centers in the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. Listen, A plus. Oh, look. It's All right, you know out. what? You know what? No, it, it, okay, fine. Because this is just depth overall, like a collective viewpoint of the roster at center. Okay, A plus. I'll give it to you. Okay, 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 I, okay. I'll just leave it at that. All right, yeah, I think it's an A plus as well. Harold, like Chris said earlier, could arguably be the best backup to all that. I would still say it's Drummond at this point, but you know, we'll see how the season turns out. Reed proved himself in the playoffs to be a versatile defender, high energy. You would hope that he gets better this season if he adds a little bit more muscle to him, improves his rebounding a bit, you know, intuition. I think he could very well beat out Harrell for a majority of minutes. If Doc really values defense more than anything else, then that should happen, but we'll see. Uh, Bassey, besides having hands like feet, he does have all the other tools. Like, I say that he has hands like feet, and like it was bad during the summer league at some points, but. Like, everything else is there for Bassey. He just needs to get softer hands. And because Chris kind of, you know, ruined his I, pick, I, I will just tell you who I think will get not be on the roster. Because Chris already ruined Well, I never it. made official predictions. Okay, fine, fine. Who who are the two players that will be cut down from this current roster? Uh, Trivlin Queen, because yeah. there's just no way he gets in over the other guys. Um. Uh, it's tough because Furkan and 
Springer, again, are both in guaranteed contracts, which is not the case for Bassey or it's gonna be harder. It's going to be harder to trade Corkmoss because he's due five million. Not a lot of he teams on five million and not send anything back. No play. No yeah. other players back. I think it's uh, between Bassey and Springer. Yeah. Um, Bassey is a guy you could probably flip for a second round pick, and or just not, wave. He's partially guaranteed, so you can yeah. wave him and save money. Springer is, I assume, pretty easy to flip for like a second round pick to a yeah. team that's rebuilding that would be willing to take a flyer. I'll go ahead and guess right now that it's Springer just because we don't see the guy, which is unfortunate. Again, I was very high on him coming out of Tennessee. I, I think there's something mm-hmm. there, but Springer just feels like an afterthought right now. And they mm-hmm. don't need four centers, but Bassey has had more run than Springer at this point and is more prominently featured in Summer League, G League, whatever. So I'll guess Springer and Queen are the two I'm in out. Yeah, I'll agree with yeah. that. Uh, yeah, I, yeah that, that's pretty much the case here. I, I, if we're thinking about teams that Springer could go to, I like the Spurs. I think that's a good fit. I don't think a, OKC needs any other younger players right now, but the Spurs seem like a good idea. Maybe the Pistons. There are some teams out there that could use him. I, I think that he'll be able to find a home. Maybe the Knicks. We'll see. All right, so what we're going to do with the final topic tonight has to do with an either-or situation related to the NBA. And because there are so many intriguing topics and choices, we're going to do a part one tonight, and then we'll come back for the next episode, and we'll do part two. Here's the first option you have and you can only pick one or the other a little context here so we know that the nba has 82 regular season games we also know that during those 82 games there are a certain number of stars that are on a load management restriction so thinking about the fans in the stands who pay good money thinking about the fans who are at home and love to watch their teams play But also thinking about the idea of the NFL, less is more, the excitement, because there's so few games. So let's look at it like this. Would you rather have fewer NBA regular season games, let's say go 82 to 62, or would you rather have no load management for players, particularly stars? Um. Should I go first? I, I think it's, Yeah, you can go first. Yeah, I think 62 regular season games is the way to go. It cuts out a lot of like the meaningless mid-February regular season games where no one feels like they really care about anything. Um, and it will help with the load management because there's just not as much wear and tear on players' body. So I, I think 62 games is the way to go. Can I just say like seventy-two games? Because I feel like sixty-two games is. Good. I I I'm willing to decrease it by ten, but not twenty. Nope. You gotta um, go with. You gotta go with sixty-two. Uh, <laughs> that's that's what I put. Sixty-two. Now it's see if we did, if we if we didn't have Joel in a more durable center, then I would say no load management. But I'm I'm gonna say sixty-two just yeah. because we have Joel. There's no real way to get rid of load management. Like teams are going to figure out a way to label something, something. So, I mean, it's 24 games, but the 62 games are going to feel like they matter a whole lot more than all the 82 games. And there'll be more space in between them too. Yeah. I would assume the season would still have the same length from 
October to April. Yeah. So, well, have you guys seen the the Lakers Legacy uh, show on? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's funny, like Dr. J, when he was interviewed, they were talking about the Lakers Sixers rivalry, particularly the Lakers and Magic and all those guys. Dr. J was basically saying that, okay, there were Lakers who were hurt during their series, but next man up. And back then, those guys would get stitched up or they'd get iced up. They'd inject them with some type of cortisone or whatever that would help alleviate the pain. They'd go out and play. Today's players is kind of like Teflon. They're just, I don't know. It's soft, well, in my opinion. I will say this. Players back then had to play more because they weren't getting paid as much. Players are getting paid a lot more now so they can afford to miss games versus players back then. Magic Johnson was the first player to get, what, uh, a million-dollar contract as a rookie? Yeah, $25 million for 25 years. Yeah, so, like, it's, it's, yeah. So, like, money's different back then. So, they players can afford to miss more games nowadays. Okay. That's part of the truth. That's a good point. Good point. All right. Next, either or. Would you rather have more NBA teams or would you rather have less NBA teams? Chris, I'm going to take this one. I want more. I want four. I want four more. Give me a team in Seattle. Give me a team in Vancouver, one in Las Vegas, and one in Virginia Beach. That's right. Georgia getting the new NBA team. No, 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 no. Listen, listen, listen. Vancouver used to have the Grizzlies. Seattle used to have the Sonics. Every team's moving to Vegas, so why not have a team, basketball, an NBA team in Uh Vegas? And then Virginia used to have the Virginia Squires, who used to have Dr. J. Uh, yeah, look, um, when I don't know if it's still there, but when you used to make like expansion teams on 2K and pick your city, Athens was an option. So it was an option. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it was Athens. That's fine by me. Um, yeah, I, I agree. More NBA teams, more the merrier. We have look, we, we players. Yeah, like half the, like they, there's a good amount of G leaguers or players that used to play in the NBA that's overseas now that are NBA yeah. caliber players. Yeah, now, I, mean, I might start with just two more. It seems like yeah, Seattle, can... Seattle and Vegas are inevitable yeah. at this point. Yeah, but I I agree with the sentiment more more the merrier. Yeah, uh, I would disagree. I say less is more. I, there's no reason why Sacramento needs to have a team and Orlando is I, I don't know, but that's just me. All right, let's go to the next one. Would you rather have the elimination of the all-star game or would you rather have the elimination of the dunk contests, three-point contests, and skills challenge? No, I, I mean, why do we have to get rid of one? I, it, it's kind of a mixed bag at this point. At least a couple of them are pretty crappy every year, it feels like. But I, I guess you at least have to keep the all-star game because that's – you have to name all-star teams, and you have to – that's the main event. Not that you couldn't theoretically name all-star teams and not play a game, but I guess the all-star game, if you have to pick one, even though I love the dunk contest and the three-point contest when they're done well. Um, but, yeah, I'd keep all of them still, personally. Uh, I'm going to say the all-star game. Look, the dunk contest has not been good for a while. Three-point is hit or miss. Skills competition, never really cared hey. about skills competition. So we can get rid of we can get rid of those three and just keep the all-star game, in my opinion. Levine and Aaron Gordon was not that long ago. Outside of them, 
Yeah, but you, of, you only get one of those know. every seven or eight years. Christian. Yeah, but I mean, it's not hurting anyone. No one has to watch it. You can not watch it if you don't want to. But it, there's only upside. Yeah, they, the All Star Game is just no one plays defense. It's pointless. Well, okay, so they have the you, they have the Elam ending now. Yeah, I think the Elam ending has helped a lot. They've had yeah, some yeah good it has. Quarters. It has. Okay. All right. Uh, let's do. Hmm. I don't know if Chris was around to know what it was like to have a five game series in the NBA. I, I, I remember. Uh, you, I know about it, but I I was I I was too young to okay. actually watch it at that point. All right. Well, here are the options. Would you rather keep the playing tournament as it is now, or would you rather go back to a five-game series in the first round of the playoffs? Playing. Keep, 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 keep the playing. I like the playing. I'm all yeah. for it. Yeah, I like the playing. I'm I'm in no hurry to get rid of the playing tournament. Um I, I mean, I see the case for five games because you get through some of the blowouts quicker. But, um, I mean, you get through it in three games instead of four if it's a sweep, though. It's not that great a difference. Uh, so, yeah, the playing tournament's great. I'm a fan. The more teams in the mix, the better, I think, for entertainment purposes. So I, I keep the playing tournament. Okay. All right, and we're just going to we'll wrap this up and save uh, the other two for next week, and I'll add some more for part two. The final either-or question right now is, would you rather have the NBA Finals on a neutral court like the Super Bowl, or would you rather the Finals go back to a 2-3-2 two, two format, like two home games and then three away games for the best team, and then two back home or would you rather which would you go with hold up hold up the two three two isn't the home team the get the first two games yeah the home team gets the first two games okay you said it differently that's why i, I did my bad yeah. my bad yeah um i ooh, that's a tough one there because like part of me wants to have it on a neutral court but then like the whole entire point of being able to win a championship is to potentially do it in front of your home team so I'm going to say go back to the old 2-3-2. Two, two. Yeah, I mean, obviously we can't say neither, but I, I don't particularly want either of those things because I think home court advantage is like a pretty special part of the playoffs. Um, See, Chris, you were doing just fine until then. <laughs> there's, it is. There's like, always that one thing. Well, I don't I want, I want either. No, you got to well, pick. Well, no. You got to pick. Mean, like, I don't want to take teams away from their home crowds in the playoffs. And I, I don't really like the two, three, two format more than the two, two, one, 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 because mm-hmm. having three straight games at home is kind of a, an advantage for the lower seed, which doesn't make sense to me. Uh, but you obviously flip that around and have six and seven at home if you're the home team. But I, I mean, I, I prefer two, two, one, 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 the way it's set up right now, but I guess I'd go with, the latter because I don't want to take away teams from their home crowds in the playoffs. I tell you what, what would be a nice, I don't know. You let me know what you think. Maybe if the game, if the series went seven games in the finals, you go two, two, one, one, and then a game seven would be in Las Vegas. How cool would that be? I mean, cool. But at the same time, if you, you don't get the win in front of your home court. Yeah. The the crowd would have, like no like nowhere near as much energy as 
the home team's crowd during Game oh, Seven. Right? Yeah. You don't think people would fly out to Vegas for that? People, would come I'm sure they would, but it'd be the rich people who can afford to fly out. <laughs> not that it's not yeah. already the rich people, but it'd be an even like higher degree of like rich people, and it wouldn't be the same kind of crowd. So, okay, I would not do that. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll have some more next week, guys. But I think right now, Chris, it's time for you to take it away. All right. So I promised everyone last week that I bring up Rudy Gobert. Did you see him dunk on Luca? That was cool. Um, I saw so, Luca score a crazy three over top of him. That was cool too. Uh, shout out to Rudy Gobert. Go Sixers. We're signing off now. Thanks everyone for tuning in to another episode of the Sixers Sense podcast. As always, please like, subscribe, and follow along if you can. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Audible, or you can listen at our website, thesixersense.com, and read our work. We're writing about Montrez Harrell and Paul Reed. We are writing, we are ranking things a lot lately. There's plenty to read. So check us out there. And until next week, guys, peace out. Go Sixers. We'll have some special guests coming up here in the near future that we are very excited about. So stay tuned. We'll be back early next week. Powered by Riverside. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.